You're about to listen to a message from the Father's Church. The Father's Church is an assembly of believers committed to revealing the fatherhood of Almighty God to this generation through sound biblical teachings and corresponding moral conduct. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. Okay, our meditation is on faith comes by hearing the word of God. That's how faith comes. Nobody has faith in a vacuum. It is when you hear the word of God and you believe it in your heart and you act upon it in your life. That's how faith comes. So come with me to Romans chapter 10 from verse 13. As the scripture says, everyone who calls out to the Lord for help will be saved. This is today's English version. But how can they call to him for help if they have not believed? And how can they believe if they have not heard the message? And how can they hear if the message is not proclaimed? And how can a message be proclaimed if the messengers are not sent out? As the scripture says, how wonderful is the coming of messengers who bring good news. But not all have accepted the good news. Isaiah himself said, Lord, who believed our message? So then, verse 17, faith comes from hearing the message. And the message comes through preaching Christ. Can somebody say amen to that? We give all the glory to God for the gift of the seventh month of the year. Someone praise the Lord. Today our focus is on the practical relationship between faith, love, and power. When we walk with God, we have to understand the pillars in that relationship so that we can grab them with both hands. This is a crucial meditation for us in this season because we are the generation that must rise to change our world with spiritual power. The generation that knows that even though things may look chaotic, An evil may appear to be rising everywhere through the exercise of spiritual power and authority. No matter how terrible your world is, you can change it. Can somebody say amen to that? We have seen in the word of God that every impactful and life-transforming change must originate in the realm of the spirit. If it is not there, it won't be here. And you and I have the capacity to operate there where real changes take place. And you know the beautiful thing about it? Nobody needs to know your name. And those changes, once they take place in the spiritual realm, then you can call them down here in the natural realm. 
That's why you are now important. Not everybody can operate there. No. Here are a few examples to help us get on board immediately. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3. The Bible says, It is by faith that we understand that the universe was created by God's word so that what can be seen... Now, pay special attention to this. So that what can be seen was made out of what cannot be seen. That's the awesomeness of our calling. What can be seen naturally. They came from what cannot be seen physically. Let's pay very close attention to this. That means that what is visible came out of what is invisible. What is physical came from what is spiritual. Do you know that righteousness is a spiritual reign? You know? Even though we talk about righteousness as being the transformation in the lives of individuals who one day in their lives stop. They just stop and say, I can't go this way anymore. But do you know that it is the spirit that can cause that? Because a lot of people, they cannot make that turn around. They cannot make that decision. Why? What they stand to lose is enormous. But when the reign of the spirit of righteousness comes down, they're emboldened, they're encouraged, they're transformed. That's why once a revival comes, you see real changes. You can see cosmetic changes. You know, when you persuade people, they make cosmetic changes. But when there is a revival, they make real changes. That's why the Bible tells us in Hosea 10:12. Sow for yourselves righteousness. Reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground. For it is time to seek the Lord. Till he comes and rains righteousness on you. You know, when you and I are praying, you know, a lot of people hear it. They make changes. They make changes. You know, they make some changes. But once the rain comes, <laughs> they said in one city, when the rain came down, those who are not righteous are struck down, you know, not struck down and killed, but struck down until they repent. We were told the story of a man <laughs> during this revival. He raised his hand to beat his wife like this. And he froze, you know, he froze. And you know, for him to unfreeze, he has to repent. <laughs> and his wife, when they wanted to call the, the missionaries to come and talk to him, they said, no, leave him there, please. <laughs> Let him stay there for a while. <laughs> you know, such is the power of the reign of righteousness that he begins to impact the life of the people. When we seek the Lord in righteousness according to his word, according to his word, not cosmetic righteousness, no, according to his word, we sow a seed that will bring down the rain of righteousness upon us. So, our focus today is, like I said, faith, love, and power, because they all work together to bring about real change. The prophet Isaiah Revealed the process when a people are pregnant with faith, hope, and love. 
In Isaiah 66 verse 7 it says before she was in labor she gave birth before her pain came she delivered a male child who has heard such a thing who has seen such things shall the earth be made to give birth in one day or shall a nation be born at once for as soon as Zion was in labor she gave birth to her children Notice that Zion did not give birth to a child, but to children. That means many people in Zion were pregnant at the same time. So you must not be the only one left out. Everyone must be pregnant to birth the revival, to birth the change, to create a new world that you and I want to see. To the world, it doesn't seem possible. But to the man who understands how the system runs, you know, there's something about knowing how the system runs. That's why you can say to somebody, don't do that. If you do that, you will miss God. Because you know how the system runs. So we, are, we come to church, but we must understand how the system runs. So that you know the things you will do, and it will be counter to the system so let us begin with faith for all those who want to grow in their faith everybody you see in spiritual life nobody is static it's either you are going up or you are what yes nobody stops in a place no it's either you are going up or you are going down faith comes from hearing the message and the message comes through preaching Christ before that it was said that we need a preacher to grow in faith. Here is the job of the preacher in growing faith. He is to expound the mysteries of the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Christ. Everybody in church needs to understand the mysteries of the kingdom of God. That's why I call the church an academy. Everybody is a student, all of us. And that's what our Lord Jesus Christ was saying. In Matthew chapter 13 verse 10, the disciples asked him, why do you use stories to, as illustrations when you speak to people? Jesus answered, knowledge about the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you. Can somebody say amen to that? Yes, you and I also have the knowledge of the mysteries of the kingdom of God. Not just go in church and come out. No, you must have knowledge. Because it's knowledge that gives birth to faith. You cannot have faith without knowledge. You know, it's like the preacher said of a man. Do you believe? He said, yes, I believe. What do you believe? Everything. From Genesis to... Uh, I believe everything. So which one do you really believe in particular? Just name anyone. The man has what? No idea of what he believes. But he just knows he believes. You and I mustn't be like that. You must know what you believe. You must know on, on what your faith is standing. So that you will be solid when you are pushed. By circumstances or situations. You will be defiant. That's why the Bible says that when Daniel knew. That uh, the decree has been signed. He went to his house and did what? Opened his window. If you want to see me praying, 
You don't have to look. The window is, uh, oh yes, the window is open. Defiance is born of faith that is born of knowledge. Knowledge about the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you and I. But it has not been given to the world. That is the difference. So, we cannot be at the same level as the world. They are ignorant of the mysteries of God. And you and I are also ignorant of the mysteries of God. No. It shouldn't be so. So, how do we know we have grown in our faith? You know? Like they say, if you don't pass the exam, nobody will know you have the knowledge. Abby? Yes. In our days, there's no automatic... uh, Promotion, no If you fail, you fail And you continue to Repeat eh? Yes How does a man know I'm growing in faith When you are growing in faith You are growing in expectation If you are not growing in expectation You are not growing in faith You know Say we want to do crusade outside Okay And uh, the weatherman says it was going to rain during the crusade. And then we say, Lord, it must not rain. We must have this crusade and no rain. Okay? And then the day of the crusade comes. Everybody came with an umbrella. <laughs> Did they have faith? No. No. They prayed, though, but they were not expecting anything to... No. That's how you know whether you have faith. You know, when you pray, when you make a decree, you're expecting something to... Yes! You're expecting something to happen. You know? So that you're not just going through the motions. You know? You're just screaming in tongues. But at the end of the day, no expectation. Ah, that's a wasted exercise. You can see, when Elijah... Uh, finished uh, destroying the prophets of Baal, he said to Ahab, prepare to run because I can hear the sound of what? Abundance of rain. Where was he hearing it? It's in the spiritual. I am hearing something. And then, because he was hearing something, he said to his servants, go and what? Look. Go and look. I'm expecting something to happen there. Go and look. That's how you know you have faith. Go and look. I'm expecting something to happen. And when he came back and said nothing, he said, go again. Go again. Keep going. Keep going. Something must happen. Yes. That's how we know we are growing in faith. And that's what our Lord Jesus Christ had in mind. Mark eleven twenty four. He said, that is why I tell you to have faith. That you have already received when you pray. You see? Therefore, whatsoever you desire when you pray, believe that you have already what? Received. Yes. Believe you have received it in the spiritual. And then you will have it in the natural. Yes. That's how you know. Because every time you pray, you have expectations. You're scanning the horizon. You're expecting something to happen. And the faith that gives you that kind of expectation, it comes, the Bible says, from the revelation knowledge of the word of God. Nobody has that faith, you know, just by saying, I I believe. No. It's something you saw in the word that taught you the reality of how God works. 
So when you hear and see how God works, then you follow it. So because you have followed the path of how God works, you have a natural expectation. You see? It's a natural expectation that having done what God has asked me to do, I'm full of expectation. Can somebody say amen to that? We exercise our faith when we pray. Particularly when we stand before God in our office. You know, there are loads of people that haven't thought about their office as kings and priests unto God. You know, it doesn't even cross their mind. You know, sometimes some people are like those uh, spies. They sent to spy the land. They came back and said, we saw giants. Hey, nah. <laughs> we saw giants. And when we looked at them, we were like what? Grasshoppers. <laughs> Some people call it the grasshopper mentality. Why do people have the grasshopper mentality? They are thinking about the obstacle. They are not thinking of who? God. Yes. The people who had faith in God said, even though there are giants there, if God delights in us, uh -uh, we have already conquered them. They know what they call the God factor, that if God sanctions this thing, uh, it's going to come through. Nobody can stop it. That's how people have faith in God, because they saw it in the word. So, when a man realizes that what Jesus came to do on the cross of Calvary, is to first wash us from our sins in his own blood. And then to make us what? Kings and priests unto God. And then they pinch themselves. Have I been behaving like a king? You know, have I been ruling in my world? Or is everything climbing all over me? You see, once you begin to ask yourself such questions, then things are about to change in your life. But you see, if you read that, and then consider it oh, one of those um, passages that we read. Yes, kings and priests unto God. And then they continue to climb all over you. And then the word has not entered you. That's what the Bible says. They had the same word we heard. But it didn't benefit them. Why? They did not mix their own with what? What does it mean to mix a word with faith? It is to believe it and begin to act it. Now I know I'm a king and a priest unto God. Now I must act like one. From today, from today, it will change my perspective of myself. It will change what I know and believe about myself. I will go out there and wield the authority of a king and a priest under God. The moment you say that, then the next question arises. How can I do that? That's why we search the scriptures. How can I a king and a priest unto God. That's why church is not a religious thing. You know, it's where we grow in the knowledge of what we are supposed to do and who we are supposed to be. And then we begin to do it. And to our greatest surprise, change is coming. Because that's the way the system works. Change is coming. Now, do you know that um, when they say he first washed us from our sins in his own blood, Many people don't uh, realize the significance of that statement. Why did he wash us from our sins in his own blood? Here's the reason. Hebrews 12, 14. Without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. Okay? Matthew 5, verse 8. Blessed are the pure in spirit, 
for they shall what? See God. So you can come near. Nobody can come near except their sins are washed. You can't come near. It is not a, a Bible passage. No, this is the fact. This is the reality of the relationship with God. First John 1 5. This is the message we have from our Lord Jesus Christ uh, preached to you. That God is light. And in him is what? No darkness at all. Psalm 145, 17. God is righteous in all his ways. So nobody appears there without holiness. Nobody. That's why the blood of Jesus had to be. So now, you now understand why it has to be. Because you and I are not holy. You know, we can try. You know, we can try. See, that's why when people see people who are morally upright, they commend them. But that's not holiness. Holiness is in thought, word, and deed. You know, holiness is is a big deal. And so the Bible says that the only way to have holy people appear before God is to wash their sins, what? Away. That's what we call sovereign grace. Sovereign grace means you don't deserve it. But God did it so that he can have men and women come before him. Who are what? Holy. Even though they don't deserve it, they are holy. That's why you see scriptures like Colossians 1, 21 and 22. You need to grab those scriptures with both hands. Because it's the authority that gives you the confidence to appear before a holy God. Knowing that you will be accepted. Because the Bible says that he made us holy. He made us unblameable. And then he made us irreprovable before God. Not before men, no. Before God. So when I'm washed in the blood of Jesus, I'm holy. And I kneel down to pray, I am holy. I am unblameable. And I'm irreprovable before God. Do you know why that is necessary? It's in Zechariah chapter 3. The Bible says Joshua, the high priest, came before God to be empowered. And who was standing next to him to resist him? The devil. You know? And what is he resisting him with? A little notebook on which he has written everything Joshua has been what? Yes. And the Bible said they took one look at Joshua. How did he look? Filthy. So, what did God do? He says to the accuser of the brethren, Revelation chapter 12, to the accuser of the brethren, God said, I reject all this, your accusation. And then he said to Joshua, I'm going to clean you up. So take the filthy garments. They took it. Put on a clean robe. They put it. Put on a mitre. Did Joshua do anything to deserve that? No. That's what we call sovereign grace. So when you are plagued with inadequacy, oh, how can I come before God? I just did this and the other. Go and repent and wash yourself in the blood of Jesus. Then kneel down to pray and you will be what? Holy. The devil cannot accuse you again because their sins are what? Washed away. That's why the scripture says, the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from what? All sin. Not some, all sin. And the purpose is so that we can appear before God. They didn't clean us from our sins, you know, just to be, sit down and be looking. No, so we can appear before God. And what did Joshua appear before God for? Empowerment. 
Nobody lives the Christian life without the power. You remember Luke 24, 49. Go and preach, beginning with Jerusalem. But first wait for the promise of the Father, which you heard me speak of. Wait until you are endued with what? Power. You cannot remove power. It is impossible without the power. Nobody lives the Christian life by wishing uh, things. No, no. The power has to come down. And it is your job. It is my job to bring down the power into your own life. That's why our Lord Jesus Christ said to his disciples in John chapter 6. The letter profits what? Nothing. Just knowing the scripture. You know, it will not work without the power. He said, the words I speak to you, they are what? Spirit and life. In other words, there's power in the word. But not in the letter. It's the spirit that quickens the word and makes it powerful. And that's where you and I come in. Because we can go into the presence of God to get that anointing. So that when we speak, the anointing will quicken the word. That's the challenge that we have. No other group can do that too. <laughs> they cannot appear before a holy God. They can pray on earth, but they cannot appear in heaven. But you and I appear in heaven because of the blood of Jesus. Hebrews ten nineteen, brethren, having therefore what? Boldness to enter the holy of holies, not on earth. But the holy of holies in heaven. You see, you need to know all this. You and I need to know all this. So that you don't begin to pray on earth. No. You know that when we pray, we enter the holy of holies in heaven. And pray in the presence. We speak in the presence of God Almighty. That's what, after Joshua was cleansed, the angel told him, here is what God wants you to do. Go back, do exactly as I've commanded you. Then I will give you access. You will have free access to come into my presence. And then he said in the seventh verse of Zechariah chapter 3. I will answer your prayers. The way I answer the angels. That's awesome. When an angel is on an assignment, he has to be empowered. You know? To the degree his assignment requires. You know, the angels are empowered. Their prayers are answered. He said, the same can be your testimony. That every time I appear before God, he answers my what? Prayers. He speaks to me. I know exactly what he wants to do. And I follow behind him. You know, that's what our Lord Jesus Christ said. He said, the son can do how many things? Nothing of himself. That's why you appear before heaven. So you stop doing things of yourself. You only do what you see and hear the Father is doing. Do you know that is the mystery of our calling? You see a brother or sister, to every intent and purpose, he looks ordinary. But once he kneels before God, everything what? Changes. Because his prayers are received. You know, God knows his name. Now, what made you and I kings and priests unto God? That's love. 
That's love. We don't deserve it. You know? That's the work of love. For God so loved the world. Yes. To him who first loved us. And then he washed us from our sins in his own blood. So remember that. That this is not a law relationship of do's and don'ts. No, this is a love relationship. And you know, in love, there are nuances, you know, little, little things that show that these people are really in love. You know, I'm sure you have seen young people in love, haven't you? You come to church, they didn't come today. You know, they didn't come. You call, the mobile phone is switched off. What are you going to do? You won't go home. Oh. You have to go there to find out what is there. Uh, yes. That's the way love is. Your heart is there. So when we are in a love relationship with God, our hearts are there. So if you are not, say I'm in a love relationship with God, but my heart isn't there, I don't know what kind of love that is. So that all the time I'm thinking about, is he happy with me? You know, is he approving of what I'm doing? Does he endorse? My heart is there all the time. I am asking him to lead, to guide, to instruct, so that I don't offend him. That's what a love relationship is about. And if you are yet to fall in love with God, then fall in love today in a meaningful way that will control your life. My love for God is what controls my life. And it is true. So when you say that to people, you know you mean it. Because all the time, what you are looking for is, is he happy? Will he approve? Will he endorse? You know, all the time. That's why, you see, if we don't have love in our heart for God, it is difficult to have power. Yes. Because love is the relationship that controls the power. That's why you have to fall in love with God. No. You remember the song, falling in love with Jesus, falling in love with Jesus, falling in love with Jesus is the best thing I ever, ever done. That's it. You know, it's the best thing I ever did to fall in love with Jesus. So that I will walk in the way he is walking. I will follow where he leads. And I will do as he does. And that's why, remember, when I come to pray, I mustn't presume holiness. I cannot presume holiness. When I come to pray, I cleanse myself of all the filthiness of flesh and spirit. Second Corinthians 7 1. The Apostle Paul said, Because we have these promises, dear friends, let us cleanse ourselves from everything that can defile our body and spirit. And let us walk toward perfecting holiness because we fear God. That's it. You see, a man wants to be empowered and he doesn't want to live holy. Then that power won't come from God. He may have power, but he's doing something. And a lot of people are doing something. You know, I went to preach somewhere, and the pastor told me that one Sunday morning, the wife of one of the pastors in the town ran to him 
What was the problem? Say so he was looking for money in the pocket of her husband and he brought out the charm <laughs> that Babalao gave him. He said, hey, hey. So when this man is uh, preaching and he's putting hand in the pocket, you think uh, it's because he's trying to scratch something. Say, so, no, no, there's something there. That's where his own faith is in what Babalao gave him. Because they just want to succeed. But they don't want to succeed in God. No. Without holiness, no one shall see the Lord. Okay, so I cleanse myself from all filthiness as I wash myself in the blood of Jesus. Now, when I do that, you see, that's where faith comes through the word. Once I do that, I know I am holy before God. That's what the word says. You see, that's the power in the word. I don't have to wait a moment later to consider whether I'm now holy. No, I do that. I cleanse myself in the blood of Jesus. I am holy before God. And now I can appear before him. So that's the power in the word. That's why they say faith comes by hearing. Yes. You know, so you kneel down, you cleanse yourself in the blood of Jesus. You are holy before God. You can enter into his most holy presence. Okay, very quickly. The mystery of the two-dimensional love, you know, everybody needs to know the mystery of that two-dimensional love. It's so powerful. They said to him, Master, which is the greatest commandment in the law? What did he say? So there are actually only two. The first is, love the Lord your God with what? All your heart, all your soul, all your strength. That's the first and the great commandment. The second is love your neighbor as yourself. Say so now, everything the law and the prophets have said, those are the two. Everything else in the Bible, those are the two. But do you know that you and I, we can read that, but we don't say to ourselves, what does he mean? Because you see, I have to use that word in my relationship with God. So I have to understand what it means. I have to know exactly what it's saying. That there are only two commandments. To love God and to love your neighbor. There's no other commandment. The vertical love. So that's why we talk about vertical and horizontal love. Vertical means God. Horizontal means our neighbors. How do we express vertical love practically? Somebody says, I want to show I love God. Only two things you need to know about that. Number one is worship. Okay? Worship. You know, hallowed be your name. And when you have a heart that worships God, if somebody tells you this thing you are doing, God does not like it. You just what? Stop. Because you honor God in your life. That's what a life of worship is. I worship God. There's no way I can be caught alive or dead in that. No. I have reverence for God in my heart. And as a result of that, what I do, everything I decide, it has to be according to what God is saying. Okay? And then the second aspect of vertical love, obedience. God says, sit down, I stand up. If I say I love God, it's what we call meaningless what? Nonsense. Meaningless nonsense. God says, sit down, I stand up. (laughs) Then there is no love. God doesn't eat passion. You know, God doesn't use passion. He uses obedience. That's why he said, 
I have found David, the son of Jesse. A man what? After my heart. Why? He will do all I tell him. That's what God uses. Obedience. And we call it unquestioning obedience. What does that mean? If I have 100 naira in my pocket, you know, that's all I have. And God says to give you 80. Unquestioning obedience. I put my hand in my pocket, bring out 80 and give to you. I wouldn't be asking myself, wait, wait, wait. How will I get home from church? You know, I would decide that the God who said to give you 80, he must know how I will... uh, Eh, he must have worked it out. He must have worked it out. How I will get home from church. That's what obedience is. I just do as God says. You've heard me tell the story. How I went to church. A, a meeting in church. And I was asking God. I said, Lord, you said you will do life support medical center for me. He said, oh, yes. Empty your pocket into the offering. I emptied it the first day. And I thought that as soon as I emptied it, life support will start. It didn't start. Though. It didn't start. Then I came again, you know, months later. I said, Lord, we haven't still started. He said, empty again. You know, when you hear that two times, the next time you are going to church, say, now search that trouser very well. <laughs> we have to be very careful what we are wearing uh, uh, to church. Oh, because you don't know what he will ask you to do today. Oh. <laughs> you know. But you know, the awesomeness of that was that one day I was driving down in Kurudu Road and he said to me, Oh, yeah, call Life Support Medical Center. Commanded to come forth. And I began to call Life Support Medical Center. Come forth. Two weeks later, I have started. Yes. Yes. You see? Because you construct it in the invisible, it already exists there through obedience. You see, you've constructed it through obedience. Now you can call it. But you cannot call what doesn't exist there. Yes. Those are the revelations we have of God. You can't call what doesn't exist there. It has to exist there. So, the Bible says that by this reverential fear of God, men depart from iniquity. Proverbs 16.6 By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. By the fear of the Lord, Men depart from what? Iniquity. That's it. So when you see people who are habitual sinners and they say they love God, you know it is meaningless because that love must translate into reverential fear. And by the fear of God, people stop doing what is what? Wrong. That's how you know those who fear God and those who don't. Those who are doing things, you know, wrong, habitually, every day. And they still say they love God. Ah, no, it doesn't work like that. That's why we need the word of God. To teach us what works and what doesn't work with God. Look at Psalm 97 verse 10. The Bible says, you who love the Lord, hate. No, if you love the Lord, you must hate evil. It's not that I love the Lord and I cuddle evil. Ah, no. I love the Lord, I hate evil. That's the way it works. That's why we read the Bible. And our Lord Jesus Christ showed us on questioning obedience at the Garden of Gethsemane. Matthew 26, 42. Again, a second time, he went away and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, 
if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, what happens? Thy will be done. That's it. If this is the way you say it must be, then that is the way it must be. That is the way it must be. There is also gratitude in vertical love. That's a third one. Gratitude in vertical love. And that gratitude is very powerful because it leads to obedience. John 14, 21. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me, he will be loved by my father. And I will love him. And I will manifest myself to him. Verse 23 and 24. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. You know, many people are worried about abiding presence. How can I know that God is with me? That's how you can know. If you hear the word of God and do it, he said, my father and I, we will come and live with you. You know? Somebody is worried. I don't even know whether God is with me. Ah, then be doing what he says. He'll be with you. You don't have to know it then. If you're obeying what God is telling you, God is with you. That's the word. That is the power of the word. God is with you. It's only if you are not doing what God is saying. Ah, then you can't guarantee that God is with you. Now, I want to show you another one. A very interesting one. John 16, verse 26. This is the New Living Translation. It says, then you will ask in my name. I am not saying I will ask the Father on your behalf. Can you believe that? When you ask in my name, I don't need to ask the Father for you. I don't need to intercede for you. Why? Here is the reason. For the Father himself loves you dearly. Why? That's a reason why the Father loves you dearly. He said, because you love me. You see, Jesus said, you know, when you pray, because you love me, I don't have to put in a word for you. Because the father already what? Loves you. Yes. So somebody says, I want the father to be answering my prayers. Then love Jesus. Do as he says. Follow his instructions. The father will love you. Jesus doesn't need to put a word for you. Because the father will love you. Because you love Jesus, the father loves you. That's why we study the Bible. Because some people are wondering, how will, how will I know that God loves me? Say, love Jesus. The father will love you. And he will answer your prayers. Can somebody say amen to that? That is the power of the word. That's why they say faith comes by hearing. Yes. Yes. When you know, you know what the Bible has said. And you put it to practice. You are walking in confidence. Because God is faithful to his word. Okay. Then the, the next thing in the power. Okay. Romans eight twenty six to 27. These are all familiar scriptures. You know. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought. But that very Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. And God, who searches the heart, knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Yes, but what does it mean? What does it mean? I need to understand how to apply this scripture practically I need to do that it means that prayer has two important dimensions one what to pray 
The other, how to pray. You know, what to pray. We don't know what we should pray for. And we don't know how to pray for it, even when we know what we should pray for. What does that say to you and I? A lot of prayer, nobody bothers with them. Because it is not what God wants to hear. Yes. But the Bible tells us here, a very important scripture. The Holy Spirit knows both. He knows both. He knows what to pray. And he knows how to pray. To line up the request according to what? The will of God. So it will get attention. You know? It's like you going to file something in an office and somebody looks at your form. Hey, you have to redo this form. Because if you submit it like this, nobody's going to look at it. You see? That's the thing that the Holy Spirit is doing for you and I. You know, say, what do you want to say? Ah, I need to tell you how to say it. I need to tell you what to say. You know, I need to tell you what to say. You know, I, maybe I've told you here before that uh, I went to a church and what was the prayer? Everybody was praying. Everybody was praying. Lord, lift me up. Lord, lift me up. You know, Lord, lift me up. Well, is that the correct prayer? Of course, it's not the correct prayer now. How can God lift you up? Jesus said, if you want to be lifted up, what should you do? Humble yourself. So what should the prayer be? Lord, show me how to humble. Yes. But they're praying, Lord, lift me up. They don't lift people up like that. You know? They don't lift people up. That's the sort of thing that happens. So after you've prayed, Lord, lift me up, Lord, lift me up, you go away feeling, I've really prayed today that God should uh, lift me up. I say, but all of that prayer is not what God wants to hear from you. He's, Lord, show me how to humble myself so that lifting up can come to me naturally. Yes. So you see a man that is praying, Lord, lift me up. He's walking around in pride. You know, he's proud at home. He's proud at work. He's proud everywhere. And then he says, Lord, lift me up. You're already saying, Lord, I'm ready to, for you to push me Yes. That's why the Bible says we, we don't know what we should pray for and how we should pray for it. But the Holy Spirit takes that away from us. Okay? So now, that's why you can see a simple prayer. Okay? I have a burden in my heart. But then I stop to say to the Holy Spirit, you know, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to say. So please, come. And lead me in this uh, prayer. Why do I say such a prayer? Because that's what the Bible says. He said the spirit is the one that helps our infirmities. So if the spirit is going to help me to get this prayer right. Every time I come to prayer, I say, Holy Spirit, you know now. You know all my problems. You know all my weaknesses. Please come and take control of this prayer. So that I can say what God wants to hear. And I make such a simple prayer. I begin to pray in other tongues. And then soon I'm praying in the understanding. See, what the spirit was praying in other tongues is distilled to me in the understanding. And that's why sometimes you came to pray for something. By the time you finish, you're praying for another thing. Oh yes, you're praying for another thing. So, because you know the word, they said the Holy Spirit must help us. So before you pray, every time before you pray, Spirit of God, I need you to pray let that you are anointing for intercession rest on who? Yes, then I begin to pray. You know, that's the power of the word. 
And why do I believe the Holy Spirit has come? Because that's what the word says. You know, he said, every time you come to pray, solely sit the intervention of the Holy Spirit so you can get it right. So it's important. All of what I've said now, very quickly now, it deals directly with vertical love. Now, what about the horizontal? Because Jesus said the only two commandments. And we want to be empowered. Now, let me show you the power of horizontal love. You know, very quickly. Okay. One of the things you and I must um, note is in John chapter 10 verse 30. Where our Lord Jesus Christ said, I and my father are what? Yes, so... Some people say, no, no, you're not supposed to pray to Jesus. Just pray to the Father only. I said, there's no jealousy in heaven. You know, the Father and the Son are not competing. <laughs> it's here you have that problem. <laughs> pray to Jesus, pray to the Father. I am my Father. Oh, yes, so don't worry yourself about all the people who are majoring in minors. You know. Prayer must be said to Jesus. Prayer must not be said. Man, don't pray to the Holy Spirit. Don't pray. There's no jealousy there. You know. Now, I want to show you what Jesus said in John chapter 10 verse 37. If I do not the works of my father, believe me not. But if I do, though you believe not me, believe the works that you may know and believe. That the father is in me. And I am where? Yes, so we are one. I and the Father are one. So when a man is conforming to the image of Christ, the man is conforming to the image of who? God. Yes. You see, that's why we study the Bible. That's why we study the Bible, to know what we are doing. You know? Now, how does this work practically then? How can a believer be conformed into the image of Christ? Because that's the goal of our spiritual calling. In um, Romans 10, 29, those he did for know, you know, ever since I discovered this scripture, it has been at the center of my spiritual development. Those he did for know, he did predestinate beforehand to be conformed into the image of who? Christ. That's where you and I are. Everybody has the same goal. Whether you are born in uh, Kaduna or born in uh, Calabar, it doesn't matter. We are born and called to be conformed into the image of who? Christ. Now, how does that fit in in empowerment? How does that fit in in empowerment? Okay? It fits in when horizontal love, you see, the love you show to people around you, when that love is shown like the love of God. In other words, you are not loving them. Now, nah, I gave you 5,000 naira last week. Am I a bank? Why are you here again? Ah, are you even not ashamed? Ah, is that how God is loving people? <laughs> you know, I gave you oxygen yesterday. Why have you come for oxygen again today? Eh? Even if it's free, should you be breathing it like that? <laughs> you know you see when we show love the way God shows love you know everybody that benefits benefits with dignity and self respect yes no condescension no talking down no treating them like beggars mm -mm. but you know that you and I are not capable of doing that too 
No, no. Because you see, you can show that love like that to your friend, your sister, but to the housemaid, look at this girl. Though. Because I gave her one of my old dresses yesterday. Now she has seen this, my new dress, and she says, Mommy, can you give me? What type of uh, rashness is that? Yes, yeah, so we cannot love people like that too. We don't have that type of capacity. Because we're always uh, counting, counting, counting. You know? I did this for you yesterday. I did the other one the other day. You know? We're always counting. That's why we cannot love like that. So now, how can we practically love like that even though we don't have the capacity? We don't. Here is the scripture. Come with me to Ephesians chapter 3 very quickly as we uh, bring all this together. Verse 14 says, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he will grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. That's the first thing. You see this love, it needs spiritual energy. You know, sacrificial love, self-sacrificing love, it needs energy. Because without that energy, you will soon rebel. You will soon start grumbling. And every block you have put in your house of love, you will tear it down. Because you are tired. I can't continue like this. No, no, no. no. Somebody will, uh, doctor, doctor, I can't continue like that. You know, I'm loving and loving and loving and loving and loving. And they're just receiving. You know, they're just receiving. You know, Dead Sea receiving. But they're not uh, giving out. You know? I said, but even the Dead Sea is still receiving. Abby? <laughs> it's still receiving. And the Jordan River is still giving. Abby? Yes, at least that's the way it is. So we need energy to strengthen us in the inner man. And then the next thing, that Christ may dwell in your heart by faith. That is it. Oh. Christ has to come inside because I don't have the capacity to love like that. Christ has to come inside. And how is he coming inside? By faith. What does that mean? What does it mean that Christ is coming into my heart by faith? Very simple, oh. It's not complicated. I kneel down and say, Lord Jesus, I cannot love the world by myself. I want you to come inside my heart and love the world through me. Ah, love the world through me. So, what they will be receiving from me is not my love. They will be receiving your love through me. That's the difference, you know. And then that scripture takes us. He said, so for you being rooted and grounded in love, you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length and breadth and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that passes not do you know what that means the height that means this love will stretch you and stretch you and stretch you until you go to the limit of your ability and then go into the openness of his ability you see I have reached where I can go and that is uh, 5,000 naira don't ask anything higher oh you will not get anything, oh. I'm not banco. But as you are saying this, oh, the Holy Spirit is saying, ah, you are talking about five. You are giving 50. Eh, 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 eh. You are giving 50. You say, eh, hey. I'm talking about uh, going above five. You say, yes. But then, you give 50. But you didn't give it out of love for him. No, you don't have any such love to carry 50. <laughs> 
You gave it out of obedience to Christ. You see, when Christ is loving through us, then it becomes an act of obedience. Yes, it becomes an act of obedience. So now, you know, I don't worry now. You see, the reason why I cannot give you 50 is that um, we have uh, four days to the next salary. And tomorrow we must buy milk for the child. We must uh, give transport to the children going to school. The whole money is already... Yes, every penny is accounted for. But in spite of that, you still arise and give that 50. You say, Lord, you must know how we will get that milk. Lord, you must know how the children will go to school. That's how we love by faith. Because Christ inside is telling me how to respond to the needs around me. But do you know what that will do for you and I when we love people like that? You know what it will do? He said, the Bible says, we will be filled. Look at it. With all the fullness of who? Yes. That's how horizontal love changes you, changes me. That when we are loving like Christ, we are becoming like God. Because we love those who we think they deserve to be loved. We love those we know don't deserve to be loved. Because Christ is loving them through us. Oh yes. That's how a, a young man came to my office. I gave him, a, I think, five or ten thousand naira. That was years ago. He said to me, what will I be doing with this type of money? You know? You see? Such a person, you will take a broom and say, come, come, sweep this boy out of this place. <laughs> you know? But the spirit is constraining you. So, you, what he's saying to you, I want you to see what I'm seeing. All these people that I'm keeping alive, they're saying there's no God. What do we need God for? What do we? And yet I'm still keeping them alive. I want you to see what I'm seeing so that you learn to love like me. That's why the Bible says, when Christ loves through you, uh, uh, the character of God is being planted in you. That is it. So now, it's not only now that Jesus is saying, the Father is in me. I am in the Father. But Jesus is saying in John 14, 20, that you will make a discovery. That as the Father is in me, so am I in you, and so are you in me. Yes! That's why I preached a message once. Come join the Trinity. You know? Because the Father and the Son and the Spirit are one. Now they are inviting me. But inviting me through what? Love! To become one with the Father. It's through love. You can't get it any other way. You cannot get it any other way but through love. When Christ is loving your world through you, you and I become transformed into the nature and character of God. So, you can see then, you know, how empowerment becomes so easy. You know, because you are vibrating, you are flowing in the same frequency with God. So, when you now appear before God and say, Lord, empower me, so that this your purpose, this your word, this your prophecy can be established. And once I pray that, I make the decree. And I rise from my prayer. I have expectations. I don't make decree and stop. I have expectations. That this decree I have made, in time, it will be one established. That's why, you know, it's important to understand why our Lord Jesus Christ taught us perseverance. In Luke 18.1. Men ought always to pray and not to 
tent. Ask and keep on asking until you what? Receive. Seek and keep on seeking until you find. Knock and keep on knocking until the door is open. Persistence with the widow. Avenge me, avenge me, avenge me of my adversary. The judge said, this woman, get out of this place. But then when he woke up in the morning, opened his door to go to work. Who is sitting at the door? The woman. Avenge me of my adversary. He enters his car, drives to work. He finishes work, he's coming out. Who is sitting at the door of his office? The woman. Avenge me of my adversary. Then he turns around and says, this woman is going to drive me crazy. Yes, so find out who the adversary is, please. Let us uh, avenge her. And our Lord Jesus said, you can see the unrighteous judge. He responds to pressure. What about the righteous judge? You know, if an unrighteous judge will respond to pressure. What about the righteous judge? That's why you see, when you tell people, say, are you praying for Nigeria? Say, yes. When did you pray? Hmm. I think we prayed in the night vigil last month, Abby. Mm, yes, night vigil last month. Okay, and you haven't prayed again? Say, no. We are waiting for the next. Uh, uh, we'll pray again. You know. Is that how they get answer? <laughs> Jesus said, if the unrighteous judge will respond like that, how will the father respond to his own children? Who ask him how often? Night and day. And somebody is saying Nigeria is going to change because I pray once a month. It's so, you're not following the word. You know? You're doing things your own way. You know? But even in our prayer meeting, I tell brethren, I said, what shows that you believe this prayer? It's not that you come here night and day and we pray. You know? But it's that in between night and day, you are still... Uh, Yes, you are saying to him, Lord, don't forget us, so please. I know the universe is a big, I don't know even how you, you manage, but there are so many, I, there are people we know in the world, there are seven billion of us, there are people in other worlds, of course, but you manage all of them. But please, don't forget us, so don't forget our case. Every day, you know, even if it's five minutes, Lord, we are still here. We are still here. Calling for a righteous Nigeria. We are here, please. And we will not give up until a righteous Nigeria becomes a reality. Yes. Yes. When last did you pray for a righteous Nigeria? Hmm. I know we are praying for prosperity. Yes. I know we are praying for increase. Yes. But when last did you pray for a righteous Nigeria? Hmm. I can't even remember. Then they can't remember too in heaven. If you that are praying can't remember, do you want them to remember in heaven? Yes. That's why, you see, when you now pray for a righteous Nigeria and you sow seeds of righteousness where you are, you are building a righteous Nigeria in the invisible. That's how it works. That's what I've come here to say to you. This prayer is a game of numbers. Abraham taught us that. 50 righteous people, God said they will do it. 45 righteous people, God said they will do it. 40 righteous people, God said they will do it. 30 righteous people, God said they will do it. Hmm. 
This matter is serious. Okay, 20 righteous people. God said they will do it, 20. Abraham said, okay, one more. 10 righteous people. God said they will do it. Why do you think Abraham didn't continue? Hmm? It's like you and I now. Sodom. If you can't produce 10 righteous people, I think you deserve to burn. (laughs) You know, that is it. Every time I say that, somebody asks me, but doctor, how many people are they looking for in Nigeria? How many people? They don't tell us so. That's the problem. But you can guarantee that one person has been added. And who is that one person? It is. I can add myself that from today, I will sow seeds of righteousness in my life. I will appear before a holy God washed in the blood of Jesus. I will receive empowerment and I will make decrees for a righteous Nigeria. And heaven will endorse me. There's no magic to it. But can you imagine what will happen? A thousand people in Nigeria are doing that every day, two times a day. Uh -uh. (laughs) Angels will have come here to turn things around. I'm telling you. You know, they did it in Jericho. The man came with the sword drawn. Joshua said, are you for us or for adversaries? He said, no, I'm neither. I'm just here to make sure that the purposes of God are established. That's it. That's what we call actualizing angels. You know, they are detailed. So when those people shouted, you know, the shout is an act of obedience. It is, there's no power in the shout. Otherwise, God stands somewhere and be shouting, oh, oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. See whether the building will fall. <laughs> but by the time they obeyed, go once for six days. Go seven times on the seventh day. The actualizing angels were all there. To cause the wall of Jericho to what? Collapse. That is it. That is why we are spiritual men. People are looking for human solutions. We are looking for spiritual solutions. So, read about it in social media. Uh, Comment as you like. None of that will change anything. I hope you know that. But what you are doing in your closet with God, that's the one that will change things. And do you know The sad thing is that you and I don't know that we're the only ones who can do that. Because we are the only ones that Jesus made what? Kings and priests unto God. So, God is saying to you and I this morning, faith comes by what? Yes, you've heard now. It's to go home and put it to practice. Go home. You know, and it's not complicated. Every time I come to kneel down, Lord, I wash myself the blood of Jesus to cleanse me of anything and everything that will hinder me in this, my prayer. What is my next prayer? Holy Spirit, I don't know what to pray. Come and lead me in this, my prayer. I want to pray what the Father wants to hear. That is it. Simple things. But they are derived from the word of God. And then, I enter the presence of God. What am I doing there? I join the angels. You know, Revelations 4 from verse 8. They do not rest day or night. And they are singing what? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. 
who was and is and is to come. I joined them. And after I've joined them for some time, I say, Lord, I want you to empower me so that your purposes will prosper where? Through me. Yes. As I pray now, as I make decree that a new Nigeria in the hands of the Lord will become a what? A reality. Your God, all things are possible unto you. That is it. Can you imagine if God is hearing this from a million voices, a thousand voices to start with, two thousand voices, and then after some time, that's what revival is. You know? Or suddenly, one hundred thousand voices are saying this to God every day. And you know how they answer prayer? They say they'll collect the prayer. You know? Revelation chapter 8, they'll collect this prayer. They'll put incense. They'll take, offer it on the altar. And God breathes it in. And as God is taking in, what is he hearing? This one, righteous Nigeria. Righteous Nigeria. Righteous Nigeria. Righteous Everywhere, righteous Nigeria. Righteous Nigeria. Ah, he says to the angel, righteous Nigeria then. That's the answer. Because now many people are asking for it. But if you and I don't, you will be having empty expectation. Nobody is putting in the request the way we should. That's what this message is all about. To raise men and women who will put in the correct request. Every day. Every day. Even if you can't do it twice a day. At least once a day you are doing it. Once a day you are doing it. You turn around. Change is here. Orchestrated by the finger of who? God Almighty. And don't forget that unless you are born again, you, can, you are not part of this. Because it's the people who are born again that are washed from their sins in his blood and made kings and priests unto God. So if you are here this morning and you haven't given your life to Christ, please, this is your own opportunity. Give your life to Christ. So that, and, and you know, the wonderful thing about it is that you give your life to Christ today, you don't wait till next week, you know, to become... To start to function as king and priest. No, you give your life to Christ today. Today, right now in this church, you begin to function as king and priest. It's in human relationship that if you repent today, when you want to join, they say, ah, when did you repent? Today, ah, uh-uh. ah, go and wait uh, there first now. Let us be sure that your repentance is uh, for real. Mm. When I joined Foursquare, they will not take me in as member. For, for many years. They say I have not finished this Sunday school. <laughs> you know. Yes that's human system. But in God's system. Once the heart is right. Once that repentance is genuine. Ah. Immediately you are in. Immediately. No second is wasted. So let us bow our heads to pray. Don't forget that this is not the born again. That the church knows. No this one is the one that God knows. Is from your heart, between you and God, where you have said, Oh Lord my God, I confess that I wasn't getting it right, but today I want to get it right. Somebody is saying that prayer. Or somebody is saying, Lord, I haven't done this before. I want to do it now. Please come into my heart. Just talk to him from your heart. Say, Lord, please come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. I want you to empower me so that I will become 
a king and a priest unto you. I can appear before you in the holy of holies of heaven and receive empowerment to cause your purposes to be established on the earth. Okay, shall we all rise and put these lessons into practice? It's time for you to pray. Enter into the presence of God through the blood of Jesus. I want us to know how simple, how easy it is to do. And say to him, Lord, I come into your most holy presence. Right now, I wash myself in the blood of Jesus. To cleanse me of every pain, every impurity of flesh and spirit. Everything that will hinder me. Please wash me. Lord, as I proceed to enter your presence, I cover myself with the righteousness of Christ so that I will be pure before you. I will be holy before you. I will be unblameable and unreproachable before you. Having entered your presence, O Lord my God, I join the angels I join the archangels to sing holy holy and holy is the Lord God Almighty and holy and holy and holy is the Lord God Almighty who was who is who is to come I join the elders to bow at your feet and worship your majesty and holiness and to declare that you are worthy oh God to receive glory and honor and power for Lord you created all things by your will all things were created for your pleasure I declare that Lord I live for your pleasure I live to fulfill your will may it please you oh my God to empower me now by your spirit that the words I speak may become spirit and life just like the words of my savior and now Lord I come before your holy presence to ask for the emergence of a righteous Nigeria I ask for grace on everyone named by the name of Christ that henceforth we will begin to sow seeds of righteousness everywhere we are. And Lord, as we sow seeds of righteousness, may the reality of a righteous Nigeria, let it emerge in the name of Jesus Christ. Every hindrance, I receive anointing now. Every hindrance of men and devils walking against the emergence of a righteous Nigeria from this moment I order seize in the name of Jesus that a righteous Nigeria will become a reality in the name of Jesus Christ I decree Amen take a moment then and pray in tongues take a moment and pray in tongues and ask the Holy Spirit to actualize this decree.
for a righteous Nigeria, a righteous Nigeria to become a reality, a Nigeria that will fulfill destiny, a Nigeria that will become the arrowhead of change in the world, that men will be coming from nations to find out what is going on here because of what God has done, will do, and is to be. Oh, Spirit of the living God, cause this decree to become a reality. We thank you, oh Lord our God. We give you praise. And to you, oh God, be all the honor, all the glory, all the adoration, all dominion, all majesty, all power, all praise, all thanksgiving. To you alone, for in Jesus' precious name we pray. And all the people said, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. You've been listening to a message from the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Barnex Squaringpa Expressway, near Next Kashankari, Abuja. 9 a.m. on Sundays and 6 p.m. on Wednesdays. For telephone, 09-290-9000 or 07-03-15-884-04. You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.org God bless you.